then he mentions that it was a 25 over and i went wow i didn't realize it was uh, i was going that fast over the speed limit he goes yeah he goes that's uh that's one of those uh, that's one of those bad tickets <laughs> it's uh that's a that's a big ticket and i was like oh that's too bad and then the the conversation almost immediately switched to this jeep talk show flagship episode is brought to you by you the listener Without you, there'd be no reason to have a show. You know, it's very easy to advertise on the Jeep Talk Show, and it's uh, not affordable. It's just damn cheap. (laughs) Contact us today to find out more. Uh, We could have your advertisement on the show as soon as next week. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the fun in off-road fun. This is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud, about like mud rocks and giant tires, and not get weird looks. So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you will have a sudden urge to go buy a Jeep and hit the trails. Don't say we didn't warn you. On tonight's episode, in our news stories, old USPS Jeep... And the police. <laughs> it's, no, it wasn't stolen. <laughs> In our JTS uh, Gladiator update, a D-lift adapter for your high-lift jack. I'm going to wager that you probably have never heard of this before unless you uh, are a long-time uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, listener. And it must have stuff for your Jeep. Off-road Air Buddy. Air up your tires for half price. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. All right, running sl- solo tonight and uh, getting a little late uh, getting the, uh, the the flagship episode out, but uh, better, uh, my electronics teacher used to always say when I would get there to, uh, to class late, better never than late. So I took that to mean to just hit the uh, the pinball area and just uh, play pinballs and uh, eat burritos there at, uh, at college. All right, so old Polster Jeep, uh, uh, Postal Jeep, and the police. So I recently read a story about how David of uh, Jalopnik, I hope I'm saying that right, drove a $500 Postal Jeep uh, to Utah from Michigan and back. David's 1976 Jeep DJ-5D. Where's Chuck when you need him? You know, I bet you, I bet you he doesn't know anything about Postal Jeeps. Uh, he'll correct me on that. Uh, <laughs> it was the definition of a shit box. And this is under, this is according to David. So I'm not making fun of the Jeep. He is, uh, and he's the owner and he loves it. Uh, and it was still sporting the USPS white. I just wish it still had the logos on it. I think that would be pretty cool, but it probably would be some sort of violation or something. Uh, they might want you to work on the weekend delivering mail. Uh, of course, it was a right-hand drive and had the sliding door. You guys remember these old Jeep uh, mail trucks, don't you? Anyway, David had three encounters with the police on this long trip, uh, and uh, I think these three strange encounters that uh, he talks about in this article uh, actually occurred on the way back from Utah to Michigan. So the first encounter he had was uh, late one night in Colorado when he pulled off the highway and turned into a subdivision to uh, check his map uh, and a little relaxing. I bet you it was more than a little relaxing because it took about 25 minutes for the police car to show up behind his his old postal Jeep. And uh, it turned out that the lady whose house he was sitting in front of was concerned and confused as why the why the postman would be at her house that late at night. 
<laughs> so, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess you don't uh, necessarily notice all the things that are on the Jeep whenever it's sitting in front of your house. And if it was dark out, maybe you could just tell by the shape and the, the relative color of, uh, of white. So uh, he had a little conversation with the cop. The cop was okay uh, with what was going on. And, uh, you know, no harm, no foul. Just a little bit bit of inconvenience, a little bit of uh, concern as to why the police were there. So the next uh, police stop, it was a a bit more legitimate. Uh, David uh, drove through a school zone in Kansas at 29 miles per hour. hour. At least that's what the police officer said. Because David wasn't for sure since the, 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 the the speedometer did work. But it wasn't necessarily accurate. <laughs> so he said, uh, he told the officer that uh, he wasn't sure the, the speedometer is four or five mile, mile per hour off. And uh, so he wasn't, he wasn't going to argue the point with him. So it, it turned out that uh, one of the officers uh, the, that had, uh, had been following David in his adventure with the postal vehicle, uh, buying it and getting it ready and then taking off to, uh, to Utah. Uh, and uh, so uh, after discussing this with the but the officer on the scene, uh, David and the officer on the scene had a chat about his uh, GMC uh, project truck that he was working on. He and his son actually were working on and uh, even uh, shared a few pictures on his cell phone uh, to David so he could uh, see the truck uh, in its uh, uh, not so glorious uh, state. So uh, that was good. And uh, he didn't uh, he didn't get a ticket for that one, I don't believe. So the third and final encounter was uh, near uh, his uh, David's home uh, when he stopped to get fuel. So unlike the speedometer that did work but was inaccurate, the fuel gauge didn't work at all. <laughs> so stopping and getting fuel was a good idea, especially when you get close to home. Because, you know, you don't want to go all that way and then get there and then run out of gas uh, whenever the bed is just so close. Actually, the shower then bed are just so close. So uh, this time, while David was uh, getting fuel, he fell asleep uh, in the Jeep. And uh, apparently this was concerning to the gentleman on the other side, on the, using the pump on the opposite side, uh, because uh, he made the comment uh, that uh, later he made the comment that he had never seen anybody fall asleep so quickly. Uh, I guess he's never driven back from Utah uh, to Michigan. Uh, so instead of walking over and tapping on the, the glass to see if David was okay or, or so on and so forth, he just called the police. <laughs> so, so they showed up and wanted to find out if uh, David had been drinking or if he was on drugs or just exactly what the, the issue was that was, uh, that was going on. And, uh, you know, he talked to him. It was fine. But again, another encounter with the police uh, and I think it was largely due to the unusual vehicle that he was driving. And, uh, and I think it probably had something to do with it being a Jeep as well, you know. So uh, I think people have a tendency to notice Jeeps more often. We like it, uh, but uh, it's not always a great thing to, uh, to have. So uh, anyway, if you have a, uh, an interesting Jeep story, actually an interesting Jeep slash police story, we'd love to hear it. Give us a, a call at our voicemail or send us an email. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out the ways to reach out. So you can read the full story of Jalopnik. Uh, the, the title of the, or the, the headline or the subject of the, uh, the story is, I had three strange run-ins with the police in my $500 postal Jeep. We'll have a link for that in our show notes for this episode, 958. It's a Jeep Talk Show breaking news report. We've got Detroit Winterfest 
coming up January 20th. An excellent opportunity in the heart of winter to get out, meet all of your Jeep friends. Jeep is supporting this event in a very meaningful way, and all the Jeep team will be out there, including all the folks that you've come to know from around Jeep and some new people uh, that are just joining the team. And we're really excited to, uh, to have everybody back out at Hollyoaks ORV Park and get out there and do some off-roading in the dead of winter in Michigan. We're going to have campfires, and our great friends at Dana are going to uh, provide some pizzas and other things. Uh, this could be as big as Detroit Fort Fest. I don't know. I don't want to exaggerate, but, but man, it's, uh, it's a really great time to get out. So come join us. It'll be great fun. And we're going to have Detroit Winterfest and Nightfest. And uh, obviously, our great friends, great supporters, friends of your show, uh, Tyree Lights, is, uh, is powering Nightfest and, uh, and lighting up the night. Go to four, the number four, fest, F-E-S-T, like festival, events.com. Uh, get signed up for Winterfest. But we're also going to have, for those that are new to this space, some Off-Road 101 lessons like we do at all of our events. At Detroit Four Fest this year, we did 278 Off-Road 101 lessons. That's what I call a warm welcome to people that are beginners because we want new people involved in this sport, and this is a great opportunity to get out there and, and do a fun family activity and learn how to be a better off-roader. We'll look forward to, uh, to seeing everybody in January. Happy, happy holiday season. Happy New Year, and, uh, and off we go. Detroit Winterfest, January 20th. So I've mentioned this a, a few times before, uh, that, uh, but uh, you never know when there's new listeners. Um, so uh, this is a great event. Uh, they have it. Uh, they had it last year. I think they had it the year prior, but certainly they had it last year. And uh, Chris from the Jeep Talk Show was there. Uh, Julianne uh, from uh, Chick Chat uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, was there, and they're going to be there again this year. Uh, and they're both going to be handing out uh, Jeep Talk Show stickers. Uh, Julianne, I think, has uh, some uh, Chick Chat stickers as well. So, uh, but uh, if you uh, if you want to meet some uh, Jeep Talk Show people, some of the Jeep Talk Show team, they're going to be out there. Um, <clears throat> Larry is going to be there. Uh, I don't know if Duke's going to be with him or not, but uh, Larry's going to be there. Uh, Steve O, uh, several of these names you'll you'll uh, recognize either from the show directly uh, as hosts, co-hosts, uh, and some of them are uh, Jeep regulars in our uh, roundtable episodes. Uh, Steve O, for example. Uh, I believe uh, uh, Tony uh, Mitten uh, is planning on going. Uh, so we probably will have uh, six or seven people out there, maybe more, uh, from the Jeep Talk Show. And if you go and you went because of uh, hearing about this on the Jeep Talk Show, I, uh, I highly recommend you uh, you seek these folks out. Uh, say hello, get you a sticker. But also, too, I highly recommend speaking with Tom, the gentleman we just heard from. Tom Zielinski, the, the man behind the, the Winterfest and Fourfest uh, events. Uh, he is just fun to talk to. Now, I will tell you, I will warn you ahead of time that uh, during the event, uh, if you get 10 seconds with him to talk, that'll be a lot because <laughs> he's running around making sure everything's being taken care of. And uh, chances are good you'll get introduced to some uh, some interesting people uh, while, uh, while Tom is running around. So uh, make sure you tell uh, Tom hello and uh, make sure you heard about uh, you tell him you heard about the, uh, the event uh, from the Jeep Talk Show. 
All right, so uh, we just had a story about uh, police encounters with a $500 shitbox USPS vehicle. <laughs> this, I can, uh, I can say, speaking of Jeep police encounters, uh, I've had uh, one of those myself. Uh, I've had more than one, but uh, one int- really interesting one to me. So the wife and I purchased a 1998 Jeep Cherokee. It was our first Jeep. And over the years, it has been my daily driver up until 2021 when I purchased the Gladiator. Still have the X. J though it just uh, didn't uh, it stopped being a deadly driver then doesn't mean I can't drive it it just uh, means that uh, you know gosh gladiator so <laughs> uh, also too uh, the, the, you know I took it back and forth to work for uh, over twenty years and uh, while I was working uh, at HP here in Houston I was pulled over by a motorcycle uh, cop. I, I, I drove the back streets due to an issue I have with the XJ overheating on the highway. And I, I know if you've heard this story before, you, you've already started groaning. I'm not going to go into it. I'm just saying I drove the back streets because of the overheating issue. <laughs> so generally, I don't drive fast all the time. I mean, I think uh, it's a given. I don't know about the state that you're in, but in Texas, uh, five or ten over is is normal. So, uh, but I mean, uh, uh, going 20 or 30 miles over the speed limit is, is, I would say, would be not normal. You see those folks doing that uh, uh, from time to time, but it's not the norm. But certainly, uh, uh, going to work uh, and getting home, people have a tendency to drive uh, faster than the speed limit here. And I think that's universal. I think everybody does that uh, wherever you are. Uh, any, especially any place there's traffic. It, it, it seems nonsensical. If there's traffic, how do you drive fast? Well, you, you take your opportunities when you can. I don't know. It just makes you feel better, I think. So uh, I was, uh, I think that was actually heading to work. Yeah, I was definitely heading to work. So I don't, like I said, I don't generally drive fast all the time, but I will accelerate quickly. You know, the XJ with a 4.0 liter engine, uh, not a not a powerhouse, but certainly a, a good amount of torque, and you can uh, get it up and moving uh, pretty good pretty quickly. Uh, so uh, I would do that. I would accelerate quickly and uh, take my opportunities not to weave in and out of traffic, but uh, to get around maybe some slower moving folks and uh, get up with the pack. I, I guess is the way I look at it. It drives my wife crazy, but I like being with the pack and I certainly don't like being in the fast lane and uh, having a large gap between me and the next vehicle or group of vehicles. So uh, I was uh, I was doing a quick acceleration, <clears throat> probably longer than what I normally would uh, do the quick acceleration, and the the cop got me during one of these quick accelerations. It was gosh, it was a, a six lane road, so uh, with a median, uh, and uh, so it wasn't like I was uh, speeding on a, 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 a two lane hard top or something. Uh, so, I mean, wrong is wrong, I understand, but it wasn't like I was, uh, uh, doing something that was, uh, horribly, horribly dangerous. Uh, and it could be argued, I'm sure. But anyway, the, (laughs) it's been a while since I've told this story, but I believe he got me at 25 miles an hour over the speed limit. So I think the speed limit was probably 40 and I probably for a short period of time was doing 65. Um, and I was making a good time until I got pulled over. <laughs> so, uh, he pulled me over, uh, again, he was on a motorcycle cause I was always watching for police and I, uh, uh, have good eyesight. It's, it's gotten worse over time, but, uh, I, I had good eyesight and I could pick out where the cops were and slow down, slow down quickly enough where, uh, I, I didn't generally get pulled over. Um, I mean, 
you'd see quite a bit of police officers. But and that's one of the reasons why I would do the quick accelerations because it was less likely that I would be uh, observed. Uh, over a longer uh, duration of going fast, and certainly harder to get a um, a locked speed because if the if you're if they're using uh, uh, radar, then uh, this is not I don't know this is true. This is the way I think about it. If they're using radar, they they wouldn't see a constant speed. Uh, they would see a speed, and they would see that it was changing. And in my mind, especially when you're in amongst a bunch of vehicles, which vehicle is it? Um, I mean, if you see one clearly is going a lot faster than the other ones, oh, that's probably the vehicle. But if the speed is changing because it's either accelerating or more than likely slowing down, in my case, um, you know, it's it, it may not be definitive of enough for you to get pulled over. Anyway, I've, I've been successful in not getting pulled over very often. Anyway, that wasn't the case this time, but I didn't see the cops, so I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know to slow down. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, he asked me, uh, you know, why was I driving so fast? And I said I'm late to work, and uh, uh, I said uh, I said I don't normally uh, drive that fast, but I was uh, there was some people driving really slow, and I was getting around them and getting in front of them so I could continue on my way to work. And uh, then he mentions that it was a 25 over, and I went, wow, I didn't realize it was, uh, I was going that fast over the speed limit. He goes, yeah. He goes, that's, uh, that's, one, of those, uh, that's one of those bad tickets. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, a, that's a big ticket. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. And then the, the conversation almost immediately switched to the Cherokee and how he used to have one. And I've heard that a lot, people saying, I used to have an XJ. And I'm like, uh, and I always ask, why, why did you get rid of it? And, or are you sorry you got rid of it? And the answer is almost, yeah, yeah, I really am. I really miss that, uh, miss that Jeep. I really miss that, uh, that Cherokee. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why I always tell people uh, on uh, social media and stuff when they're talking about selling their Jeep. And I know there's, there's times that you have to do what you have to do. But it's just like, yeah, never sell the Jeep. You, you know, just just get a bigger piece of property so you can keep them all on there. <laughs> so anyway, it was uh, it's fun uh, to, to have those conversations, and it gives you a, a, a brief moment of hope to that you're gonna maybe not get a ticket. So uh, I bet you we sat there uh, and spoke for twenty minutes, and and most of it had to do with jeeps, and I think I mentioned uh, the show. Uh, to him, uh, I think um, I can't remember if I gave him a sticker or not. I, I don't know if I had stickers even with me because I generally didn't run across people that uh, uh, that uh, you know were were talking to me. Then hell, even listening to the show, we didn't. I mean, we had a lot across the country, but locally, not so much. Anyway, so uh, we spoke about twenty minutes, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm really I'm really getting uh, here, uh, getting really late to work. Uh, and it was fine. It was a professional job, and they don't generally give you a hard time about it. Uh, especially at HP, uh, at least back then. So anyway, I uh, uh, spoke with him, and then uh, uh, we got back to the the whole ticket thing. And uh, he said, well, he goes, uh, I can't not give you a ticket uh, because of the speed that you were doing. Um, I got a, you know, my sergeant will ask me why I didn't write anything. So I'm going to write you a warning. And I'm not going to mention the, the speed. It's going to be for this, that, and the other. Uh, and uh, so I was like, it was good news. 
it wasn't anything I had to do. There was no concern about it. I guess the only issue was uh, would be if uh, if something else happened in a, a short order, and then the uh, the judge may uh, if if I fought the ticket, the judge may say, "Well, look, you had this issue. This uh, this uh, warning was written, and apparently you didn't heed that warning." That's the only thing I can think of. I wasn't worried about it because I never got pulled over. And even though I have a red vehicle, I never got pulled over. Uh, and uh, or actually, I guess since I got pulled over, I should not say I never got pulled over. I got pulled over very seldom. I mean, it would be years between uh, whenever I would uh, get pulled over for anything. So <clears throat> it was uh, it was very fun. Uh, I I did make sure that the officer knew about our website uh, and about our show. And I told him he should listen and uh, he should, uh, uh, you know, uh, contact us and, you know, be part of the show as far as, you know, calling in. Like, like I tell you guys, call in our voicemails and so on and so forth. Never heard from him again. And it's understandable. Actually, I think I gave him a, a business card for the, for the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, never heard from him again, but it was a, it was a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, even... Uh, even if I had gotten a ticket, I would still have said it was fun talking to him. And it was. And, he, you know, you can tell when you're talking to a Jeeper. Uh, he wasn't a current Jeeper. He was a past Jeeper. But he could always be a Jeeper again. And uh, if I could uh, have helped him uh, do that and uh, get a Jeep back into his life and make that uh, that life more interesting and exciting for him, uh, I think that would have been uh, a, a great thing. But big shout out to the officer that pulled me over uh, doing 25 miles per hour over the speed limit. I think it was a, a 65 and a 40. <laughs> wasn't a school zone <laughs> i can say that uh it was fun talking to you and uh, i hope you're listening to the show hey man this is j row have you guys heard about this new restaurant on the moon great food no atmosphere <laughs> that's such a that's such a bad joke <laughs> that needs to be a nikki g joke <laughs> All right, so in our Gladiator uh, talk show, uh, I'm sorry, the <laughs> Gladiator talk show. That's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that uh, get that domain in our Jeep talk show Gladiator update. Uh, so uh, just to let you know, the Jeep talk show is doing more on YouTube. Uh, part of this is due to people in the industry talking about how video, even for audio only podcasts, is important to get more ears. For your show. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me either. I don't know how anybody would want to watch uh, Talking Heads for an hour, but they do. Uh, and I think part of it has to do with uh, the, the YouTube popularity. Uh, certainly, uh, speaking of uh, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, the, uh, the Joe Rogan certainly has made uh, uh, podcasting, watching podcasts more, more popular. And there's several podcasts out there that are uh, video uh, podcasts. I haven't investigated enough of them to find out if they actually uh, have audio-only comp- components to it as well. But anyway, we're trying to do more video, and if you uh, have uh, been part of uh, the Jeep Talk Show or the XJ Talk Show uh, long enough, you know that we would always stream our uh, video, uh, audio and video, whenever we were recording the show. Uh, and that's what we're doing tonight as well. Uh, this is actually going out on uh, YouTube Live. So uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's uh, interactions, but uh, it is often very difficult uh, to do both uh, be a host on the show and uh, manage the video side of things. So uh, using uh, some software, I am uh, letting the, uh, the, the, the computer 
handle uh, the scene switching and stuff. I'm the only one on the uh, the episode tonight, so you really don't have to worry about that. But the software is very nice from the standpoint when you have more than one person uh, uh, being part of the, the show, uh, it will automatically switch uh, based on who's talking. So I don't want to get too much in the technical side of things. But uh, needless to say, it does make it a lot easier uh, for me here at, the, uh, at Studio A uh, to do videos on YouTube, and we're going to be doing more of them. So I've been reviewing the Jeep Talk Show YouTube stats, and uh, I was surprised to see that one of the videos that we put up years ago uh, is getting a fair amount of uh, views currently, like in the last uh, 30 days. It's uh, uh, quite, a, quite, a few, quite a few views, and, it's, uh, and I'm not sure... I don't. I don't understand how that works. Uh, if it, if YouTube is, uh, and I need to l- learn the stats better, but I, I'm not sure how why if uh, YouTube is pushing that out so people can see, uh, you know, why they would be picking one from. Gosh, I think it was like 2018 or something. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, there people are watching it and they find it interesting. And it reminded me about a product that we uh, spoke uh, about. Um, many, many, many episodes ago. Uh, it's a DLA from Jeeps Needs. I'm emphasizing that because I think it should be Jeep Needs, but it's Jeeps, in plural, Needs, plural, uh, DLA, D-Lift Adapter. And it's an adapter for a high-lift jack. Now, I think it will work on other jacks, but uh, that's, a, that's a big question. So you could always you know, spend the uh, the money to buy this thing and see if it fit your jack. Maybe you would wind up having to buy a high lift jack uh, if you wanted to use it, though. So I'll, I'll caution you on this. But um, the the DLA, D-Left Adapter, uh, over at Jeep, jeepsneeds.com uh, is a, a high lift jack adapter. And, um, and you know, and, and chances are really good, unless you're a hardcore off-roader or do a bunch of stuff that's really stupid uh, on our off-road, uh, you probably have a high lift jack because it's a good idea to have one uh, just in case you need it. But you probably haven't had to use it very much. Uh, I think most of you understand that the high lift jack can be problematic. I don't want to say dangerous, but problematic if it's not used properly. And one of the things that can happen is it can slide on you uh, depending on the terrain and, and, and how you're jacking it and how high you have the uh, the vehicle lifted and, uh, and and it's not good if you got if you still got the wheels and tires buttoned up on the thing it's not such a big deal uh, it, it still could land on your foot or uh, hell I guess it could roll off a cliff depending on where you're where you're jacking the thing up at uh, so it, it, the stability of the high lift jack can be in question uh, simply because it's small. Uh, I mean, narrow and uh, can pivot pretty easily. So what this D-Lift adapter does is it allows you to uh, connect the um, the high-lift jack to this adapter, and then the adapter actually locks on to your D-ring or clevis or whatever you want to call the thing. You know what it is, the thing that goes clank, clank, clank uh, while you're uh, driving around. And it, it actually locks to that, that D-ring, not through the pin or anything, but literally, I mean, you don't even have to do anything to the D-ring other than raise it up, stick it in this adapter, uh, put it on the high lift jack, and you, you put a pin through there, and now, it's, now they're locked together. So uh, the, the Jeeps may still uh, move uh, to the side, uh, one side or the other, front or rear, but that high lift jack is not going to be coming undone from your Jeep. It's going to be right there on there and uh obviously i wouldn't do it i wouldn't recommend doing it but you could literally 
put the high lift jack on this d-ring jack it up high enough so that it wouldn't drag on the on the street or off road and drive around with it because <laughs> it it really holds it on there it's it's really really very nice so uh and I, and I was looking at this thing and i went man i forgot all about this thing i've got it in my xj i've used it before it works very well and i thought well you know i gotta move this thing over to the gladiator because the the xj has been sitting in the garage for gosh a couple of years now and uh even before that it, it didn't get taken off road very much because of that overheating issue that i mentioned uh so uh yeah i'm gonna be moving the uh the jeep's needs d-lift adapter uh, from my XJ to the Gladiator, and uh, I'm going to see about doing a uh, a video, a new video, on how to use this and putting it up on YouTube. So, um, I just, I, you know, maybe you can answer this question. Does it make it more legitimate if I find a area that looks like I'm off-road when I'm doing the video, or just do it in the driveway? <laughs> You know, I don't know if you guys have ever done this or not, where you're, you want to take a picture of your vehicle. You don't want it, uh, the, the, you don't want to see civilization, uh, in the image and you're driving on a road and you go, there's a, there's a field, there's some, uh, some trees, there's some brush. And all I have to do is just park the Jeep right here and, uh, just frame the shot properly. Now look, I'm off road. I mean, you technically are off road. But, you know, you could be next to Walmart or, or Bucky's or something, you know. So <laughs> I still think that's, that's not lying as much as whenever uh, somebody's going up a, uh, an incline, a trail that's going up high, and they turn the camera. You know who you are. You turn the camera so it looks like the, the Jeep's going up a, a, a perpendicular wall to the ground, a 90-degree uh, <laughs> upward climb. Uh, yeah, and then you see the people standing at angles and the trees growing at angles, and you go, okay, well, it, it was impressive until I thought about it. Anyway, uh, check out the D-Lift adapter at jeepsneeds.com, and uh, I'm going to get uh, uh, Chris and uh, F.U. Bob to uh, give these people a call and see about getting them on the show for an interview because uh, they've actually uh, they actually have several products now, but it's been a number of years since we uh, we did this whole thing with the D-Lift adapter from Jeep's Needs. So uh, they have uh, uh, more products. And just uh, go over there at jeepneeds.com. Jeeps Needs. I said it wrong. Jeepsneeds.com. And uh, check it out. Of course, we have a link in our show notes for this episode 958. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, now that 2023 is behind us and... I don't know what the census is, but I feel like I've kind of missed a mark on the 18% funnier. I think I was somewhere around 17.999999999% funnier. And for this New Year's resolution, I am not going to make such a bold promise. I can't promise to try to be 18% funnier, but I'm going to try to try to be 18% funnier. And that in itself is at least 18% funnier. I would say I'd start the year off right, but I got into a little bit of legal problems. Yeah, I bought a gun from a T-Rex. Yeah, I had no idea he was a small arms dealer. And after that, things got worse. A book fell on my head. I only have my shelf to blame. Get it, shelf. If you gotta explain it, it doesn't really work. And, and last but not least... I just got kicked out of a secret cooking society. Yeah, I spilt the beans. 
first rule about Spice Club is we don't talk about Spice Club. I got to give you one more. I put my grandmother on speed dial. Yeah, I call it Instagram. <laughs> that sucked. Tony, please strike that one from the record. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. Have a good one. Bye. I got to say, Instagram was pretty funny. I like that one. Uh, you know, and I think sometimes the funny is that you don't see it coming. You you hear the you hear you hear the the joke coming out, and you know it's a joke. And you try to figure it out. It's like watching a magic act. You know, you see the magic happen. And you try to figure it out because there's no such thing as, as actual magic. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not going to go political. Um, so, uh, but uh, the, uh, the uh, that one, I love the ones I don't see coming. And they go, oh, that's what's happening there. So that makes sense. Yeah, I know. You got it before I did. So good for you. So on our next interview episode, uh, Friday, which is tomorrow, I interview Carrie and Paul Porter of Discover Adventures. I'm sorry, Discover4x4Adventures.com. Also, if you're interested in watching the interview that I did with uh, uh, Carrie and Paul, you can do that on our YouTube channel. So you can uh, actually receive notification when that uh, interview is published if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, of course, if you just go to uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, you can find out uh, all the places that uh, we're available, uh, and uh, including YouTube. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't want to confuse you by loading up uh, a bunch of different things, but it's really simple. Uh, YouTube.com slash jeeptalkshow. And you can always go to YouTube and uh, just do a search for Jeep Talk Show. Oh, and uh, right now on YouTube, you will find, if you haven't been to our YouTube channel in a long time, or if... Uh, uh, if you have been to it, but there wasn't a lot there, you're going to find over the last probably month or so, you're probably going to find a lot more YouTube content on our uh, YouTube channel. So uh, there's some uh, some fun uh, and interesting videos on there. Uh, I recently uh, published uh, an interview with uh, Ben Burr of Blue Ribbon Coalition. We, You may remember that interview that we did with him uh, a few weeks back. Uh, this is the, the video that we recorded at the time. And uh, I don't like putting them up at the same time. Uh, I kind of like to uh, let the, the audio version go out there and uh, make it available for uh, all the, the listeners that, uh, that want to listen to that thing on uh, the, the regular way they listen to it. But uh, put it out later. And the way I'm looking at it is, is that uh, the, the YouTube, uh, kinda, I think, is going to kind of work for advertisement uh, for us. Because there's a lot more people out there, even, this, even now that understand how to work YouTube because they, they, you know, they use it all the time and find it fun. Um, they know how to work that a lot better than they know how to listen to a podcast. So, uh, and, uh, it's really easy to record the video. So hell we're doing it. And it's just like we're dr- while we're doing the, the, the YouTube live stuff uh, tonight. It just, uh, it's easy to do. And if you guys want to see it, yeah, hell why not? So, uh, yeah, give it a try. Uh, just uh, go over there and subscribe so that you get notified when we put new videos out. Oh, and please, if you like them, share them. Oh, and uh, also, too, several roundtable episodes uh, are already there. And you may have been, I know we have uh, several people that have commented they uh, they would love to be part of the roundtable episode. It sounds like a lot of fun, and it, it is. It's a, it's, it's a blast. And uh, everybody is welcome. If you don't already know this, even though we have a, a regular group of people, which is 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 very impressive in itself, that people keep coming back week after week uh, to to be on the show uh, and to interact with the uh, the the other people there in the Zoom meeting. Um, uh, we we love having new people. Uh, it is open to everyone 
the the only uh, limitation we have is we can only have a hundred people in a Zoom meeting. <laughs> and I guarantee you, if we ever get a hundred people in the Zoom meeting, uh, I will uh, I will dance a little dance. No, you're not going to see it. I, and you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have anywhere from uh, eighteen to twenty five uh, people in the Zoom meeting uh, at any one time. Uh, I think uh, when Tony Pellegrino from uh, Genrite uh, was on, one of the times he was on there uh, with us, uh, he was a guest for our our roundtable, that uh, we got up to like 25 uh, concurrent uh, people there on the Zoom meeting. It was a lot of fun. It was, Tony's, he's a great guy to talk to. He's just fun. And he's very much uh, about helping uh, the uh, the Jeeper. Uh, what, What can he teach uh, the Jeeper, the things, all the things that he learned over the years, uh, how can he teach that to you? And uh, he has a, I think he does a live every Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? I think he does a live every Tuesday uh, where he answers questions and interacts uh, with uh, with uh, his audience, uh, customers and uh, uh, people that just follow him on social media. So uh, check that out. Just, uh, just do a search on Genrite for YouTube so you can see whenever he has those live videos. All right, so uh, and must-have stuff for your Jeep. Uh, you probably have heard me talk about this before. Uh, I actually met the gentleman that uh, uh, that is putting out this product. Uh, he is local to uh, the uh, the Houston area. Actually, I believe he's in Houston, and uh, I'm talking about, of course, Off-Road Air Buddy. So Off-Road Air Buddy is, um, I mean, I hate to say uh, power tank. But it's like it's basically the same thing as Steve's power tank, uh, but it's uh, it's it's not obviously it's not exactly the same, but it's a tank that has CO2 that you can use to air up your tires. So in that way, it is similar. So I'll give you an idea here: a 15-pound tank system system, not just the tank, is $480, and and if you guys have priced other uh, air tanks, you know that that is a really good price. Um, so, in the in the the deal, the whole the system, you get a, a CO2 tank uh, with a 320 CO2 valve, one high pressure, high flow, minimum frosting, zero to 160 psi dual gauge, premium tape right regulator with high flow C. Uh, I'm sorry, SCFM flow, one steel regulator guard to protect those gauges. 25 feet of high-pressure, kink-resistant braided uh, or rubber hose with industrial quick connect fittings. Color may vary. That's not saying the red's not available. (laughs) One air tool tire chuck with pressure gauge for rapidly filling your tires. Four, I thought this was cool, four brass tire deflators. Uh, Two high-quality steel core plastic-coated bungee cords. One quick fist rubber clamp. Uh, and one blowgun. Yeah, I'm thinking the I'm thinking of uh, uh, Ace Ventura too, where he gets the the blowgun in his legs, uh, the darts. <laughs> so, and this is kind of cool. You can get your tank powder coated to match any color for two hundred dollars. So, ninety nine percent of most vehicles you, they can match the color to your vehicle. So, if you would like to have your your air tank. Uh, match the your vehicle color and really customize that thing. You can get it powder coated. 
Uh, you, you will need to allow two weeks of lead time. And even though I said they're in, in Houston, you do, do not have to drive to get this thing. They, they will sell online. Uh, but, uh, I mean, me personally, I think it would be a blast. I've never been to the, uh, uh, to the, uh, to the, the shop, and, uh, but I'd like to go over there, and that's what I would do. I'd go over there and get it. The neat thing is if you are in the Houston area or if you want to drive to the Houston area to get your, uh, your tank, your off-road Air Buddy tank, uh, they will fill it uh, with uh, CO2 for free. And, you know, you might want to check with them on that. But that was what it was the last time I talked, uh, I spoke with them. So, uh, but that's neat, too. You don't have to worry about your your first fill up. You just have to uh, find find a place for filling up after that. Uh, and I think, I think I mean, after going to uh, EJS and having to air up my tires after uh, uh, airing down uh, and actually having, I mean, I've been going to Hidden Falls, and they have a really nice air up place. And it 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 takes a little bit of time, but it's an air compressor with a a high CFM, and it it airs up the tires pretty quickly. Uh, doing that from my 100% duty cycle via air uh, air compressor with no tank, uh, it was a very slow process. So I probably sh- should just add the tank uh, into the, the mix, and that I probably would uh, it probably would air up faster, and I probably will do that. But I, after going to EGS and having to fill up the tires, I certainly see the benefit of having a high-pressure CO2 tank uh, just to, uh, to fill up those tires and be done with it very quickly. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, uh, I mean, I, I, love, uh, I love the power tank stuff, but uh, uh, I, I think that whenever I go to get an air tank, I'm going to drive over to uh, South Houston and uh, get me an off-road Air Buddy tank uh, for my Gladiator. Then the fun part will be, where do I keep it? I don't want to keep it in the, the bed of the uh, the Gladiator where people can just walk off with it. Uh, I know. I just need to do a little more research. Anyway, we have a link for this uh, in our show notes for this episode, uh, 958. <clears throat> it's uh, com, And uh, you can also check out that link in our, in our show notes. Well, it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, but there's always another trail ride just down the road, just like there's another Jeep Talk Show episode just down the road, uh, or just down the Ear Canal. Uh, Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, Tuesday through Friday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. Hey, speaking of subscribing, uh, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to the show via Patreon. The place to go for all the information on how to subscribe and how to contact us is at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact broadcasting since 2010.